I will not have my life narrowed down. I will not bow down to somebody else's whims or to someone else's ignorance. That's a quote from Bell Hooks. We also quoted Bell Hooks today on the morning episode, uh, Dr. Bell Hooks. Uh, go ahead and look out some of her research. One of my favorite writers and public intellectuals. We are going to jump right in it tonight. You know, the you know the tune, the Jerome McLean show. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for supporting the show. I discussed on the first uh, show this morning that there was the vote going on today. The primary elections are happening today in Wisconsin. I'm actually still waiting to see the results of that. Um, by all you know measures, like I said before, um, it, it, there was really no reason for people to vote today. It was it was a very risky thing. If my uh, my predictions are. Donald Trump is going to win the primary as the Republican candidate, and Joe Biden is going to win the primary as the Democratic candidate. If Bernie Sanders wins, it would just be a sea change um, for what has been going on. It would be primarily just about health care. And I only say that because with the coronavirus spreading so rapidly, it stops the momentum of what campaigns can actually do most grassroots campaigns only make it the way they make it is because they have an extreme amount of energy and they get out and knock on doors and canvas you know for a very long time but if you have these viruses and these pandemics well that stops all that in-person door-to-door canvassing full stop so you can't do that that stops the standing outside of the grocery store with the piece of paper saying we would support this candidate that stops all those telephone calls where people are asking you who you know to vote for their person so that really goes to uh the most of the energy will go to the person who already is ahead of the polls and that apparently right now is Joe Biden and Joe Biden has been getting a lot of media time a lot of free media because he is the presumptive nominee in the president's uh briefing he even said that he had spoken to Joe Biden on the phone for about 15 minutes and so even the president is accepting the fact that Vice President Joe Biden is the candidate that he'll be running against. What was interesting also in the briefing is the president came out and did that thing again and talked about uh, voting through the mail that I spoke about when I said it was common sense and people should be able to do it. He said he doesn't believe in it and basically said it was basically some type of fraud. And he was called out by one of the reporters in the press briefing because he actually voted by mail himself in Florida. And of course, unironically, he said, well, he's allowed to do that, which is true. He can do that. My argument is that everybody else should be able to do that, too. The president did not have to go to Florida to vote for himself. So if he can do it and he can stay and cast an absentee ballot from Washington, a lot of other people should be able to be in their state and cast a ballot by mail. Now, Senator Elizabeth Warren has shared a new plan that she has with Mother Jones, and it calls for a series of provisions in Congress in the next coronavirus recovery package that would protect voters' ability to safely cast a ballot during the pandemic. The proposal requires states to mail a ballot to every registered voter with a prepaid return envelope, as is a standing practice in states like Oregon and Washington. 
outlining $4 billion in federal funding to help states transition to universal vote by mail by November. It says states should refrain from removing voters from registration rolls unless they can prove persons has moved or died, since it'll be very difficult for anyone removed to register during the outbreaks. She's quoted as saying, in this moment when people's lives and livelihoods are on the line, it is powerful and important that we protect our right to hold government and elected officials accountable at the ballot. What's happening is with Wisconsin is another clear signal that Congress, that it must immediately pass much needed reforms to equip states with the funding they need to protect the health and safety of voters, ensure our elections proceed during this pandemic, and secure our electoral institutions for the long haul. That's what my plan's about. And of course, her plan comes as a rebuke to the president who is against voting by mail. And like I said earlier, who actually votes by mail himself. This stuff's common sense stuff, folks, but it's all about power. It's all about power. Everybody knows that there are at least 40 million people who actually never vote. Imagine how those people would start to vote if the vote just came in the mail. It cost them nothing. They didn't have to move. Imagine how much easier it would be for all those seniors who regularly vote because they recognize that it is their civic duty and responsibility. So voting is a lot more sacred to the older population. They recognize the power in voting. Imagine how much easier it would be if you send them something in the mail that it's already paid for and all they have to do is write down the candidates they pick and send it right back in the mail and it'll be there the next day. That would really see numbers change in a, a nation where we have about 317 million people and not even half of those people actually vote. The largest party is not Republican or Democrat or Independents. The largest party is actually non-voters. On today, bankers appeal to President Trump to fix the problems in the Small Business Administration system that is holding the banks back from issuing $350 billion in government-backed loans designed to avert mass layoffs during the coronavirus pandemic. President Trump discussed the state of the so-called Paycheck Protection Program on a teleconference with several of the biggest U.S. banks and small lenders. Attendance of the call included CEO of Bank of America, Citicorp, and Goldman Sachs. Why some of the larger banks voice no complaints, executives from small bank banks pressed Trump to bolster the SBA E-Team system, which has periodically crashed since the small business lending program hurried launch on Friday. Banks must use the system to authorize the federally guaranteed loans which can be forgiven if small business agree to maintain their payroll. Noah Wilcox, chairman of the Independent Community Bankers of America and CEO of Grand Rapids State Bank in Minnesota, told President Trump one-third of the community bankers still lacked access to the SBA system. That means those community banks have been boxed out and unable to serve their communities and their customers, he said. The call provided more evidence that an unprecedented leading lending program was getting off to a rocky start. A little more than a week after Congress created its part of the record $2 trillion rescue package intended to shore up the economy that has already shed millions of jobs. 
The problems, unfortunately, have fed anxiety of small businesses desperate to survive as the country shut downs. The loans have been in such a high demand that the Trump administration announced today that it's seeking another $250 billion to fund the effort. The Senate could move this week to approve a new relief package. On the White House call, community Sprint Bank CEO Brand Bolton told President Trump that many of his his fellow bankers remain on the outside looking in, unable to gain access to the SBA E-Trans system. He urged President Trump to deploy resources to make sure every community bank can use it. He said, Mr. President, I know that you are a problem solver. He said, no challenge is too big for your leadership. Trump said there were a few glitches, very few. He tried to focus on the success of the program. The president said the SBA has produced more than $70 billion in loans. Though banks have reported they still don't have what they need from the administration they actually, to actually get funds to the borrowers. We are running out of the money pretty quickly, which is a good thing because not a bad thing, Trump said. Uh, SBA spokesperson said the agency had no additional information to, prov- to provide on the concerns of banks raised at the meeting with Trump. Banks have mirrored in growing pains and they are tired to issue loans. Lenders lacked guidance from the administration on how to proceed until the night before the launch. Late Monday, Treasury Secretary and Department tried to answer several other outstanding questions that banks had, including how to tally payroll taxes into loan applications. But banks on Tuesday said they still lacked an SBA document template needed to close out the loans. Some of them were unaware if they could proceed with their own custom versions. It's about the same as yesterday, said Paul Murkowski, Group Vice President for Congressional Relations and at Independent Community Bankers of America. They're getting a trickle of loans through the SBA process. On a call with Trump, Bank of America CEO Brian Mahaney said his bank alone has received 250,000 applicants among the several thousands incoming applications per hour. J.P. Morgan and Chase co-president Gordon Smith said his bank had received 375,000 requests to apply, coming out of about $40 billion with applications ranging from $4,000 to $2.6 million. With money already at risk of being depleted, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell said on Tuesday he planned to have the Senate pass funding to increase as soon as Thursday. Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin said on a call with the president that he hoped the House would follow suit by Friday, but it's not clear if the Democrats in control of the House would abide by that timeline. Some in Congress actually believe that the, even the $250 billion sought by the Trump administration would be insufficient. Giving the unprecedented demand for this program and a massive need for small businesses, we need more, not less, said North Carolina Rep. Patrick McHenry, the top Republican on the House Financial Service Committee, said in an interview. Double the requests may not be sufficient for the needs small businesses are experiencing. Lawmakers were keeping a close eye on how the program was functioning, well aware of what a formidable task it was for the SBA Treasury Department. The $350 billion is 15 times what the SBA's flagship loan program gave out in the fiscal 2019. Cardinal George Pell, who was accused of sexually assaulting boys, 
walked away free from prison today after Australia's highest court overturned his convillion. Pell was sentenced to six years in jail last year for sexually abusing underage boys, and he was the highest-ranking member of the Catholic Church to have been convicted of sexual crimes. He was found guilty of multiple criminal acts and the abuse of two choir boys in 1996. Bell served as Vatican's chief financial officer. He was released today by the Australian's High Court after serving a year, and they said that it was that they found that there was reasonable doubt and he was able to be released. And because he had already been charged, he cannot be retried for the same crimes. As infections mount across the country, deaths among grocery store workers who are exempted from stay-at-home measures are now starting to be reported. For at least four people, employees at Walmart, Trader Joe's Giants, have been have died from the coronavirus. And that's been reported. Workers have been reporting dangerous and stressful working conditions. In some cases, being forced to work without gloves or face masks are being able to take paid sick leave. Colorado, Minnesota, and Vermont have declared grocery store workers as existential workers, expanding free child care and expanded sick paid sick leave. New York State has appeared to flatten as Cuomo tightens the preventative measures. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo said Monday, the curve of coronavirus deaths appears to be flattening after the death toll stabilized at around 600 deaths on both Sunday and on Monday, but warned the situation is still dire and New York's will still need to maintain strict measures to continue the trend. Quote, uh, Governor Andrew Cuomo said, if we are plateauing, we are plateauing at a very high level and there's tremendous stress on the healthcare system. And to say this healthcare system, which is at its maximum capacity today, right? This is a hospital system where we have our foot to the floor and the engine is at the red line and you can't go any faster. And by the way, you can't at a red line for any period of time because the system will blow. Como said schools and non-essential businesses will now remain closed until April 29th and announced fines for violating social distancing rules would increase from the maximum of $500 to $1,000. As of today, New York State has nearly 5,000 recorded deaths from COVID-19 with over 131,000 confirmed cases and over 16,000 hospitalizations. The government has been called to release the data on racial makeup of COVID-19 deaths as black people suffer the greatest impact. The Trump administration and local governments are facing calls to release more detailed information on the local and racial makeups of who is dying from the coronavirus pandemic. Initial evidence shows African Americans have been particularly hard hit. In Louisiana, where the death toll has topped 500, Governor John Bell Edwards says 70% of the victims have been African American, and even though the state is less than a third black. Governor John E. Edwards said, disturbingly, this information is going to show you that slightly more than 70% of all the deaths in Louisiana are of African Americans. Almost, I'm sorry, slightly more than 70%. And so that deserves more attention, and we're going to have to dig into that and see what we can do. In Chicago, African Americans have made up over 70% of COVID-19 deaths in the city's deepest compromising just 30% of the city's population. On Monday, Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights Under Law joined with hundreds and thousands of doctors urging the Department of Health and Human Services to release race, ethnicity breakdowns for COVID-19. 
the American Civil Liberties Union has sued a prison after five COVID-19 deaths have been reported. They have sued the federal prison in Oakdale after the five deaths. The ACLU is attempting to force the Federal Bureau of Prisons to relieve prisoners who are at high risk for serious illnesses of death due to the coronavirus outbreak. This comes as authorities in Ohio report three prisoners have died from suspected cases of the coronavirus at the presidential prison in Elkton. The Ohio National Guard has been deployed to work inside of some of these prisons. Sadly, domestic violence has surged around the world since the start of the pandemic. As countries impose lengthy lockdowns to combat the spread of the coronavirus, reported cases of domestic abuse have spiked around the world. The UN General uh, Secretary Anton Guterres called the governments to prioritize women's safety in the face of mounting risks outside of their homes. Secretary General Antonio Garitis says, For many women and girls, the threat looms largest when they stood to be safest in their homes. And so I make a new appeal today for peace at home and in homes around the world. We know lockdowns and quarantines are essential to suppressing COVID-19, but they can trap a woman with an abusive partner. Over the past weeks, as economics and social pressures and fear have grown, we have seen a horrifyingly global surge in domestic violence. Multiple countries are reporting that U.S. is intercepting critical medical gear shipments around the world. The United States is facing new accusations of blocking the shipment of U.S.-made medical equipment to two overseas buyers. Ontario Premier Drug Ford said Monday the U.S. blocked a delivery of 3 million face masks to Canada's Ontario stock. A personal protective equipment is set to run out in just one week. Over the weekend, Germany accused the U.S. of modern piracy after a shipment of 200,000 German-bound protective face masks were diverted. Meanwhile, Barbados said Sunday the U.S. has seized a shipment of 20 ventilators headed to the island. In a related news, the Associated Press is reporting that federal purchasing contracts show the Trump administration waited until mid-March before the bulk ordering of N95 masks, ventilators, and other essential medical equipment. Even though thousands of hospitals and several, several states were already overwhelmed with the onslaught of the coronavirus, patients and were pleading for reinforcements from the strategic stockpile. The U.S. has labeled Russian white supremacist group a terrorist organization. For the first time ever in the United States history, it has labeled a white supremacist group as a terrorist organization. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo announced on yesterday that Russian's imperial movement would be designated as a foreign terrorist organization and impose sanctions on its members. The group is said to support neo-Nazis group in Russia and in parts of Europe and provided paramilitary training to white supremacists. President Trump has abruptly sidelined with the Pentagon officials in charge of monitoring how the administration spends $2 trillion on the virus. He has ousted and defunded the attacks on the WHO. He also threatened to cut funding from the World Health Organization, accusing it of the very failures that have been leveled at his administration as well. The acting Navy secretary resigned after his bungled response to the coronavirus outbreaks on an aircraft carrier set off an all cry. The White House has also got a new press secretary today, uh, Kelly McElhinney. Uh You see her regularly on CNN, and now she is the president's press secretary. Of course, she is already going to come with a little bit of baggage. 
already CNN is now sticking the knife in her and saying that she downplayed the pandemic of coronavirus and said Democrats were rooting for coronavirus to help the president. Unfortunately, that wasn't a reason enough for CNN to not let her be on the airways. Enjoy the rest of your night, guys. That was just my quick little thing for tonight on the Darrell McLean Show. See you guys in the morning, and we will cover the election updates in Wisconsin. I told you my predictions, and we will see if I was correct. Have a nice day. Enjoy your dinner and your family. Wash your hands for at least 20 seconds. Do not play in your face, and remain safe. Thank you for listening to the Jerome McLean Show. If you'd like to support the show, you can find the show's Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash the Jerome McLean Show. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram, and it has my information there. The show is played on Apple Tunes and on Spotify and a lot of other places where you get your podcasts. Catch you guys tomorrow morning. Stay safe and have a good night.